everybody. Daniel Ramsey here with my out desk. I am so excited. We've got Dr. Lee in the house today and yep. And she's from hot Atlanta. And now if you don't know who she is, she's been recognized by Inman news and numerous other real estate organizations as one of the top 25 coaches in the real estate industry. Dr. Lee, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's always good to see people. I feel like I've been quarantined and just away from everyone for so long. So but we're going to we're going to get you in front of a lot of people cuz we're going to send this out to everybody and if you're listening today, we're going to do the top 4 laws from Dr. Lee in follow up. And what I'm excited about right now is everybody's trying to make this kind of crazy transformation from brick and mortar to everybody's on digital, right? We're all virtual right now. So we got an expert today, Dr. Lee, to share everything that she's learned over the, how many years have you been doing this? I will say my whole life because I'm second generation, my parents. So my whole your life. Your whole life. Your whole, we've got the <laughs> doctor in the house. Okay. Well, let's, let's start and with just your story. Who are you? How long have you been doing this? I always like to introduce the, the guests so that the audience knows why they should pay, pay attention. So let me give you, I'm going to give you a short condensed version of just how I got to being a trainer and coach. So a little longer than 10 years ago, back when the recession was going strong, like I said, yep. I grew up in the real estate family and I moved here a little bit before the recession, moved to Atlanta from Michigan thinking, hey, I'll go ahead and get started. My parents had apartment buildings and communities. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. In yep. Atlanta, I'll, I'll start that. So I get here, things were going well until dun, 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 2007, yep. October to be exact, the stock market crashes. Now, at that point, I was in my 20s. My 20s, nobody else's, my young and dumb years. So young and dumb me said, I'm back get. We all know it got really, really bad, so bad that I would say 95% of the buildings I had, because I had tenants, I wasn't flipping, I was buying and holding. 95% of them lost their jobs. And it, for me, I couldn't be heartless and just kick people out because I yeah. knew what was going on. So I said, okay, I got to pivot. I got to figure out something else to do. So young and dumb me said, why don't I get my real estate sales license and sell real estate, even though the market is crashing because yep. of real estate. So I get my license at the time, my brokers, uh, my trainers and managers, they said, Hey, you got to do the traditional thing. Door knock, cold call wasn't working for me. Yep. So I got on at the time, a little unknown thing called Facebook. Okay. I remember someone saying to me, Facebook, this is how long ago it was. You need to be on MySpace. Facebook's for teenagers. It's going nowhere. And it's like, are we all laughing at that now? Yes, we are. So yeah. anyway, I went with my gut, didn't listen. I got on Facebook, my business took off. Took off so much so that by the end of 2008, I had to build a team. I couldn't keep up with all of the business. I couldn't keep up with follow-up, which is what we're gonna talk about. But from there, my brokers had me come in and do trainings. And then from there, fast forward 12 years later, I've been training now across the world and it's been amazing. So. Technology, social media, and follow-up are my favorite things to talk about. And I'm excited we get to do it today. Yeah, yeah. So so technology, um, innovation, and follow-up, those are your three kind of favorite things? Absolutely. So let's I talk about disruption. 
I love it. So let's talk about disruption real quick. And then let's talk about technology a little bit, the innovation side. And then we'll jump into the four laws of follow-up by Dr. Lee and uh, hopefully add value. What What's going on in the innovation space right now? Boy, so with... I'm sure a lot of industries, everybody's seeing more use of video. We saw this before now, before the pandemic. And as a result, it, well, even with video, one of the things in the real estate industry, which may or may not be happening in other industries, but disruption, people were trying to say, hey, we don't want to keep paying for your service. Let's try to cut you out. And that happens in a lot of industries, right? Where it can, you, what you provide can be threatened. So we were seeing that at an all time high and it was because of video and different things where people felt like, hey, we've got these platforms where we can do a virtual tour. We don't really need you to open the door for us. But what we've seen since the pandemic is that, and this is what we as in our profession, we already knew, and this is probably most businesses, even though you may have different technology tools, which are great and they're helpful, you still ultimately need someone to explain the process who does this every day. If you don't do this every day, who wants to spend two months trying to learn everything like it's gonna be your new career when it's not? You're just trying to do one transaction. So we've seen all of that just kind of come almost full circle in that the very thing that was disrupting us has now been the catalyst for us to get in front of more people and work with more people. So much has changed. I just read an article about a mall, a major, you know, international mall opening drive-through movie theaters. So like there's going to be 125 brand new drive-through movie theaters. And so COVID has really changed everything. A pandemic has changed everything. What are you seeing in the technology space? What are you seeing like happening? What's innovative? What's going on in that space that's kind of interesting? Yeah, you know, so the best thing that I'm seeing is that we are embracing video more. I know I keep mentioning video, but that's been the piece for so many people and so many businesses where people have been slow to adopt it. We've seen people like, uh, I think he's eight years old, the eight-year-old on YouTube who made last year like $20 million. We've seen that. It's been around for a long time, but many people in business have been slow to embrace it. And as a result, we haven't really reaped the rewards that come from embracing video more. So anyway, now that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people that have been very timid about using video because Now we're all doing the Zooming more. We're doing so much more with video. People are embracing it. And it's now becoming a part of marketing that is really, again, the catalyst for increased business, even at a point where we're really in a recession. But people are, a lot of people are experiencing business growth. What's crazy, um, as as you're talking about that, I mean, our whole company has transitioned to virtual. We've been virtual for 13 years. Video has been a big part of what we've done. And this interview is video. This is going to go on YouTube everywhere. And yet when I see other entrepreneurs, they're like, I don't know if I want to be on camera or I don't know if I want to talk about what I do. And so there's definitely some opportunities for people who want to be innovative and really push the boundaries of digital marketing today. Absolutely. And again, I'm just so thankful that because now we are using this to even just simply communicate with loved ones, 
people are getting more and more comfortable with video. So I'm hoping that what we're going to see come from this is again, business growth for so many people that hadn't experienced it before. That's cool. All right. Well, let's dive into our main topic, which is the four laws of follow-up by Dr. Lee. So I'm excited because I'm a sales guy and um, we're consistently getting questions from clients. How do I build up a follow-up team? How do I get ISAs to prospect for me? How do I make it, you know, can I just buy some phone numbers and put them in a CRN and then call? And I'm like, no, you've got to build a system. So let's, let's dive in. What does the system look like according to Dr. Lee? To, for a company to really grow through a follow-up process. Great. I love it. And I really do think these four laws are universal. I call them evergreen. So again, I've seen it outside the pandemic, in the pandemic, they work and they transfer yep. from industry to industry. So the number one law, and these are not in order of priority because all four are important. I just put them numbers next to them. So the first one is to make sure everything you're communicating is an item of value. And what that item of value does is it says to people, to consumers, to prospects, hey, this is the trusted professional in this industry, in this, with this topic. So when I were talking about this briefly earlier, how I've seen people who, again, for example, may be a real estate sales agent, but they're always sharing recipes on how to bake banana bread, which is like great if you want to have a cookbook, but not so great if you're trying to position yourself as an expert in another industry. Right. Right. So having an item of value, every single connection. So even if you're doing a quick text message or a five minute phone call, having something that you can offer them, it could be a link, it could be video, it could be a download, it could be an article, but having an item of value is so Mm -hmm. critical. How many items of value would you say that one company ought to have? Good point. So again, because I really believe it needs to be every single contact, Mm-hmm. You could really truthfully, here's, this is the part where people feel like, oh, this is overwhelming. Honestly, you may only have one item of value, but okay. if you take this one item of value and you repurpose it until it is just, it's, it's almost, I, I think I picture a car where the wheels are falling off, but that's okay. It can be one thing. Whether, again, it could be one video or it could be a ebook you have, it could be an article, something. But the point is you can pull snippets and excerpts from it, right? You don't have to give them a data dump every single time. We're just taking out small chunks every single time to make people say, and this is what I say about an item of value. It's truly an item of value if they say to you, tell me more about your business. Tell me more. That's how you know it was an item of value. That's how it piqued their interest. If people are not saying, tell me more, if you have crickets, when you send out an email blast, then you know that wasn't truly an item of value. Mm. So the feedback loop in that step one is so important. Your potential clients and the people that you're contacting need to say, thanks, this is cool, or this is awesome, or it has to be something that people actually want. I'm thinking like stats are probably good, like what's going on in, in your industry or profession or service. Um, what other kind of items? Let's give, let's give the audience some, some examples. Okay, so here's what I believe. So I mentioned I like technology, I like automation. 
And I don't like the other piece why I like with the four laws of follow-up. I do not like spending a lot of hours on one thing. So instead of you racking your brain about, hey, what would be an item of value? I've got some resources I use. My favorite resource is called um, answerthepublic.com. Yeah. You use that? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So you can type in whatever your item is, your service, your product, and see what are people searching for on Google? What are they asking about this particular service, good or product? Now, forget the guesswork. You know exactly now what are some items of value you can deliver based off of these questions and these these answers. What a a cool thing. Um, I would also suggest using um, Answer the Public to create video, to create your blogs, to get your emails all set up. And so, yeah, I think item of value based on that is a really good, um, Dr. Lee, that's pure gold. Okay, step number two. So step number two is to now automate. So going mm. back to the fact that we just talked about, hey, you might you might have a lot of content or you might only have one thing that you're gonna break up into segments, but regardless, how are you gonna get this out in a way where again, you don't go crazy? Because right. you have to manually send emails or videos or mailings or go door knocking, all of these things that you can do to grow your business. But if you have to do it manually, I dare say you might go crazy, you know? (laughs) So I really, the next step is to automate everything you can. We can't automate relationships. We know that, right? But there's a lot in the relationship process that we can automate. So we can automate text messages. We can automate, of course, emails. Although again, it's gotta be an item of value so people actually open it and read it. We can automate our social media. We can automate what goes on our website. We can automate even the video content we're gonna provide. So there is nothing in 2020, thankfully, that we do to market that can't be automated, at least a piece of it. Let's pretend I'm medium at at business. Like I'm I'm in that half a million to a million dollar range where ninety six percent of all businesses are in that below a million dollar range. I've never really automated much. What are the things that you believe would be step one, two, and three of automation? So I would say, I guess for me, I always like to have people look at. it's a few things I like them to look at. So number one, what are your strengths? I know a lot of us define strengths as the things that we do well, and that's not true. Strengths are the things that not only we do well, but we enjoy. So I would like people to identify that in, in this process, the marketing process. Once you identify that, you know you shouldn't automate that. That's usually how it goes because the thing that you do the best at, the thing that people are like, wow, I really want to work with you. You don't give that. You don't automate that. Because that's what drives revenue. That's what drives revenue typically. Absolutely. So we keep that. But now we've got several other things where we may say, hey, I don't, I'm good at doing this. I don't like doing it. Let's get it off your plate almost leads into law three. I'll combine law three and law two, where some things we're going to need to automate and other things we'll need to give away. And I'm going to give you a shameless plug here. All right. Delegation. (laughs) My favorite term. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we 
got to give it away. And you have such a great company to help with that. So when people have things on their plate that they can do, but it's a poor use of time, it drains their energy. They wake up. I can't believe I got to do that today. Get rid of it. Get it off yep. your plate. Yep. So those would be the things that I would want people to identify. What are you good at? What are you good at and you like? And then what are the things that either you don't do well, you don't have time to learn, or you just don't like doing? Because those are the things you need to get off your plate. Those yeah. would be the first things I want them to evaluate. I love two and three combining it because there's this process, you know, go in there, kind of revolutionize the process, meaning you're optimizing that process. Then you're trying to automate as much as you can in that process. Then you delegate it to someone else. And if you follow those three steps, typically you can hire a virtual assistant, you can get leverage in your life and focus on the things that grow your business and that you really love and enjoy. That's my whole world. I love this. I love it. Okay. What's step four? I love it. Okay, last step, of course, after you have given things away and you've automated things and you've got this really well-oiled process, there is some things for you to still do, right? So now the last step is I want you to be a time block blocker. And what I mean by that is I want you to protect the time you've set aside to do your work in a, in a relentless, ruthless way. Because many of us, it's not that we don't know how to use a planner. It's not that we don't use Google Calendar. That's not it. We know how to schedule our day, but it's the interruptions yeah. that drag us away from what we needed to get done or the fires, right? We end up focusing on or being reactive versus actually being proactive and going after the new business. So I want you to ruthlessly guard the time you've set aside to work on your follow-up piece. So let's talk about that because I've seen some of the best business entrepreneurs like in that up and down roller coaster of revenue where they get a lot of business, then they're busy, then they're not following up or prospecting or driving more revenue. Right. And so now all of a sudden they have no revenue and then they're scrambling. We call it the revenue roller coaster. Right. So how do you help somebody understand that they're in that and that it's something that's in their control? Cause that's a challenge that we've had is, you know, people come in, I'm just don't have time to train a new virtual assistant. And we're like, well, but do you like being on that roller coaster? And they're like, yeah, I love it. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, <laughs> are you sure? Uh, so how do you help somebody through that mindset? So, um, and this is the coaching piece of yeah. what I like to get into. How oftentimes, like you said, because we've been doing it for so long, we almost think it's normal. We almost yes. think, I don't have an option. This is the only way it can be done. So this is where we're going back to the word we started with disruption has to come into play. And I like to a lot of times give examples of people in the industry doing it. Yep. Not doing it in a way where they're on that roller coaster, that sales roller coaster. So I like for people to one, see that there are other options because again, we don't know it. So I'm trying to disrupt the thinking, disrupt that thinking. Then I like to ask people to identify what would it look like if you could get these pieces off your plate? Like you said, if you feel like, oh, I don't have time to train an assistant, but what would it look like in the long run? So not just 
next week, but a year from now, what would this really look like? How much time would it really ultimately save you? And a lot of times when we can quantify the time, the energy, maybe even the additional income we'll now make, when we can quantify those things, I feel like that gives people a light at the end of the tunnel. So, okay, yes, the next week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe even the next month, sure, pandemonium, because we're trying to get a new system going, but it's worth it once we have quantified these numbers and we can see in the long run, I won't even say long run, in the mid run where, you know, just three months out, give it a couple of months and you will have a breakthrough. So quantification is a big deal for me. Did I make up a word? I don't know that quantification is a word, but I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. I have a, I see a doctor in your name. So I just assume you're smarter than everybody else that's listening, including myself right here. So this has been great. Rattle off the four laws one more time for the audience. And then we're going to jump into how you coach people, what you do and how somebody might actually get a hold of you. Is that cool? Sure. All right. So law number one is to have an item of value that you give every single time you connect with people to the point where they say, tell me more. Remember, if they don't say, tell me more, that wasn't an item of value for them. Number two, automate everything you can. Not Mm -hmm. relationships, but a lot of the little paperwork and the little administrative things, they need to be off your plate, which goes into law number three, give it away. Get rid of your inefficiencies. And for many of us, that absolutely means virtual assistance because that gives us an opportunity to not be responsible for someone's 40 hour a week livelihood and benefits and all of those things. Yeah. And the fourth law is be a time block blocker. Protect this time to do follow up. There you go. There you go. Dr. Lee Davenport, thank you so much for being here. If our audience wanted to get a hold of you, find you, stalk you, maybe hire you, how would they do that? So for me, everything is just my handle, learn with Dr. Lee. The website, learn with Dr. Lee, throw a dot com at the end of it, but you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, even TikTok. That's just dancing. We're in okay. all. You're dancing on TikTok? You're dancing on TikTok? Oh. I've got my whole office and we got red. It's crazy, but <laughs> there you go. I love it. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Lee, thanks for joining us today at my outdesk. Um, you know, we created this show so that people who actually needed real strategies had a place to go. And you've obviously added to that. So I just want to thank you and thank the audience for listening today. My name is Daniel Ramsey, the CEO and founder of my outdesk. We help companies save money, time and scale their business Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Lee. Thanks, Daniel. Bye, guys.